got growth stocks under pressure, NASDAQ's down, Square getting beat up alongside Bitcoin. Those ties showing up in the market this morning. Also, part of the reason behind a price target upgrade from Dan DeLev, who has been way in front of Square's rally the last couple years, as many of the sales side analysts have been forced to chase this rally higher. Dan's been in front of it. He joins us now, the managing director and senior analyst of FinTech Equity Research at Mizuho Securities. Dan, you've had a buy target on this thing for a long time, the rating and the price target you've bumped up now by, I think about 80 bucks, right? To 380, saying that couldn't run even further. And you're doing it in the middle of a storm this morning and this week, Dan, so tell us why. Yeah, that's exactly the right time to do it. So if you think about what happens today, Oliver, and thanks again for having me on your show. This is a weird day where all the really good high quality names are going down and the not so good names are going up, even in payments. So you're seeing names that have been laggards uh, historically, like the global payments who, who've been going up today for no reason other than just valuation. And the really good high quality names like Square going down because of fears of crypto, et cetera. So today is sort of a, a risk, you know, risk off day on fear. If you actually look at the work that we've done, we ran a 10 year DCF and to your point, the DCF shows that by 2031, the gross profit from the cash app ecosystem could top 30 billion and the gross profit from the seller ecosystem could top 6 billion. So you're talking about a massive terminal value. Remember, they're all about maximizing the terminal value. You're talking about massive terminal value. They're gaining share at an accelerated pace and that's what's making this terminal value so valuable. So if you DCF it to the present, you're getting it at the minimum $380, but this thing could be worth 650 or more if our bull case materializes. So I would buy on this weakness. This is the best sign that the high quality names are going down and the low quality names are going up. The $30 billion in revenue that you see coming from Cash App over the next 10 mm -hmm. years, what do you expect the breakdown of that revenue to look like in 10 years? Let's say we're at that uh, $30 uh, billion. What percent is coming from what? Uh, where is it? Is it from the uh, securities and the crypto transactions? Is it from mm -hmm. the scrape on peer-to-peer? -peer? Where's it coming from? It's a good question. So it's a lot of it is probably coming from products that are gonna be launched in the future. If you look at the project trajectory, the product trajectory, a lot of the product revenue still comes from instant deposits. They remember they charge one and a half percent for people to transfer money from the uh, wallet to their bank account. But the other products like the cash card, um, the um, like pretty much everything that they that they're throwing at the wall is sticking. The other projects are the other products are picking up or growing at the same pace that that the uh, instant deposits has grown at. So what I think is happening, we've written a report about this. For example, uh, they're testing right now a kind of a payday loan, right? So payday loans are three to four hundred percent APR. They're testing it at a sixty to sixty-five percent APR. If they launch that, that's like ten to fifteen percent potential upside to gross profit. Um, we've written before that they're testing the a closed, what we think is a closed loop uh, system. In fact, I actually ordered a scarf from their collection. Um, so they're testing a closed loop um, system. That could be another checkout option that's similar to like the PayPal checkout, right? And they have a massive network. So I think a lot of this terminal value is baking in products like potential future um, mortgages, car loans, et cetera. Everything you can do when they become your center financial um, kind of hub, basically mm. the bank of the future. Hopefully so that answers the question. This banking uh, behemoth will exist in a virtual realm for, uh, for many extents on this cash app, to your point. 
Now, in, in a lot of that is going to develop over the next decade, as you say, adding more products on, supplanting some right. of the traditional banking systems right now. And the way the stock seems to be moving, Dan, last time you made the case that whether or not Bitcoin goes up or down, Square can continue to move forward. What do you think about the action here? Are, or is this going to be more tied to Bitcoin's volatility than you think? I mean, right now, they're down quite uh, in line, right? I mean, Square 6.5% is one of the worst performing stocks. It's still beyond a lot of the other stuff out there. Right, and people forget how much it's been out year to date and over the last two years, right? And and when and it's funny how people talk about Bitcoin, right? Over the last, you know, two months, Bitcoin is up. I don't know how many, how many percent, and it's down in the last two three days or two days, and then people say it's down. So it's weird the anchoring to that time point. I think uh, at your point, Oliver, we wrote the note. We actually did the work. They make money when people trade in and out, right? So they make about a two percent spread. So people. Bitcoin volatility is good for Square because when it goes up, more people buy. When it goes down, some people are selling. So this volatility is very good for them. And I, again, there's a dissonance between what the stock is doing, but what the actual impact, the financial impact of the company is. Bitcoin going down and up is actually good for Square. People trade in and out more. Remember, Bitcoin is a huge engagement driver. They don't really make money off of you know off of it as much as they could, but it's a huge engagement driver. By the way, so is stock trading. So all mm. these things are engagement drivers that are making it the bank of the future. I would ignore the near-term volatility and buy on the weakness. I do want to mention one more thing, Oliver. Uh, we're hosting Kathy Wood for a discussion of payments in 2030 next mm. Wednesday. So that would be really interesting. We'll be talking about the next 10 years of payments uh, going to be moderated by me and Kathy and our head of equities. Very exciting. Uh, that'll be very cool. And uh, seeing... Uh, both of you guys talk about the areas of the market that you've been ahead on, and I think will be certainly informative. Uh, Dan, when you look at that short versus long term, here's the hiccup that I still have in it, is that you say to ignore the short term kind of gyrations here of a stock that's done so well, that's been the playbook in the past, but it sounds like some of the things you're also describing that have been very, very good for Square, one could argue will be a snapshot of this time in history. That is the immense amount of speculation in markets and how that has been capitalized on through Square's trading apps, the flow and the activity coming over from a, a GameStop speculative mm -hmm. era. The Bitcoin mm -hmm. is in crypto situation, even though it's a scrape that uh, Square is making per trade, that means it's not necessarily price dependent, but it's still volume dependent. In a hypothetical situation, let's just say that markets peak out, that we have rising rates and the frothy growth run up comes to a close after decade plus. What does that mean for Square over the next six months? Look, I think in the bank of the future, people don't go to the branches anymore and people do more and more banking with apps. That's not stopping, that's just the beginning of it, right? We're seeing the early signs of it. We're not seeing the end of it, right? You get a lot of interlopers like the Chimes of the world, et cetera, and, and Square and PayPal who are trying to be the bank of the future. If you think about the ARPU, the average revenue per user for say Wells Fargo, JP Morgan, you know, Schwab, these guys, that's about, you know, four to seven hundred dollars. If Square gets just a fraction of it, and that's the work that we've done, and continues to grow the users the same way they're growing, that thirty billion dollar TAM or revenue by twenty thirty is going to be there. What multiple people put on it, what discount rate people use. I can't predict it, right? So to your question, I cannot predict sort of that frothy era 
if that frothy era ends or is that frothy era going to get even more if we're entering this so-called roaring 20s post-pandemic? I mean, nobody knows, so I can't predict the discount rate, but I can predict what gross profit is going to look like by 2030, given the trajectory, the share gains, the product, the ARPU, et cetera. Um, I don't know what value people would put on it, but that value is real. So, so hopefully that answers kind of your question. The go forward by the dip case is at its core still one about financial services being replaced by Square, even if a lot of the kind of short term activity has been around some of the trading elements to it, the cash app. Um, your point here is that even if those, let's say they peak, there is this addressable market that is still flowing in on a reliable basis for Square. Exactly, not just the addressable market, but also the trajectory and the growth at which they've been doing it. So it's not just this sort of, you know, up in the air TAM analysis of, oh, this is a great TAM, let's get that TAM or chase that TAM. Right. They're actually not just chasing the TAM, they're creating the TAM, they're creating those, those areas on their own and the work our work shows that the share gains on the cash app are growing at an accelerated rate so there's that rate of acceleration in the in the share gains we're modeling a kind of a sunset in those in this acceleration which actually makes our estimates quite conservative so i know it sounds like a lot like 31 billion dollars by 2031 but it's actually quite quite conservative our bull case uh, what we said before is 650 dollars a share and that assumes that that rate of acceleration doesn't abate as much. So I think the fundamental reason to like Square, which is the kind of financial services powerhouse of the future, is not only still there, it grows every day, every quarter, every year. Okay. Dan, always a, a pleasure hearing the case, the bull case here for Square. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, and see you with uh, Kathy Wood next uh, next week. Sounds Talk good. Looking forward to your guys' discussion. Dan DeLev joining us from Azula Securities, is managing director and senior analyst of FinTech Equity Research. $380, the new price target for Square. Down about 7% right now.